0: Hello, beautiful human beings. I am just so grateful for you. Have I ever expressed that before? Your existence lights up the world. If this is your first time at this podcast, thank you for being here. Welcome. The conversation today is with Amy Edwards. She is a musician, she's written a book, she has a radio show and a podcast a new one, which is just launching. And she does a lot of cool meditations and affirmation-based videos and content on her Instagram, which I've linked in the show description. This conversation was super fun. We go into a lot of philosophy and all around habits and mentalities that allow us to align in our life. Thank you for being here and I love you. getting into it already how do you usually
1: how do you usually lead in or what do you do
0: um honestly i just sometimes i'll ask people to give like kind of a background on what they do kind of like what led them here but also i like just flowing into the conversation right. as well and so i'll uh, i'll make a pre-recorded intro once the episode is done to where i'll give more of like an introduction to you what you do, um, and different things like that. And so we can just kind of roll right in, uh, to the combo. It feels like things are flowing.
1: Yeah. Uh, That's kind of how I do too. Um, I'm a podcaster and a radio professional, so I'm good with however you want to do it. And I totally get that. Okay,
0: perfect. Um, well, let's start with that. How did you get into podcasting. And you've been doing radio for a really long time, right?
1: Yeah, really long time, like off and on for like 30 years. Um, oh, I okay. started in college, which I got to college in 1990. And so um, I just always had a love of radio. I, it's just one of those weird things that you gravitate towards, you know, and I would like come home from school. I mean, come home from church every Sunday and listen to the Casey Kasem top 40 and just, Casey I, don't know, Kasem. just
0: oh, I don't know. I forgot about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. <laughs> actually a pretty pretty solid tagline actually.
0: Oh, for sure. <laughs> you
1: know, um yeah, so I don't know, I just always loved it and wanted to do it and started a bit in college worked at summers at like a country station that was near Colleen where I grew up and uh I just um have always really enjoyed it but as I continued to do it in the 90s, I realized that maybe I want to try some other things. So it's been spotty, but it's always something that I've come back to. And it's like, when I look back on my life, I'm like, it's one thing that I'm like solidly good at and can keep doing. So when podcasting started, uh, some people, I was doing music at the time and some people were, that I know that have a sound company here in Austin were starting a podcast kind of just studio. And they were looking for beta testers and they said, we were thinking of you, would you be interested in beta testing this? And I was like, sure. Mm-hmm. So I kind of entered into it without a good solid plan and I didn't have like my elevator pitch down or really what it was about, but it was all a really good learning experience. that's led me to where I am now.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So you, you were making music or you were being like a radio host for certain music things? Oh, I was making music. Oh, okay. I didn't know that you also, do you still make music? Uh, I'm
1: transitioning a little bit. I am a rock artist and I took that up very late in life, which that has fueled my message, which is rock your life, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, going for anything at any age because I took up guitar and singing at about age 38 or 39, and I had never played guitar or played on stage or anything. I had taken choir in high school, but that was it. And so some friends wanted to start learning instruments and form into a band, and so we did and just one thing led to another and once we had been doing that a few years and the band that band fell apart and i was just left on my own and i thought well i really love this and it pushes me outside my comfort zone so it's good for me so why don't i just keep going with it so now i've written and recorded um i don't know five albums ish and uh got back into radio and um, now I think I took a break after my last album, which was a double album. And it just took a lot of work. So I took a long break because that was two years ago when that came out. And so now I've really transitioned into using my voice to um, make meditations and do the work around that. So I'm working on a new EP around that now. And I don't know how it's going to turn out, but Whatever it'll be something different. And I mean, I think that anything we do is about growth and I've just seen that grow and it fuels so much of what I do in my podcast that just fits together in that way because it keeps me pushed out of my comfort zone, and keeps me learning and then it keeps me sharing with other people like, okay, look, I'm almost 50 years old now and I'm still doing this and figuring it out.
0: Yeah, did you have that mindset when you first got into doing radio, or did you kind of see, Uh, The mindset of uh, of growth and, and kind of stepping into uncomfortability, or did you kind of just follow yourself into that and see like, oh, when I step into uncomfortable choices or kind of push that growth edge, that's when I feel myself expand?
1: You know what I think I did without realizing it? because i was very uncomfortable but i knew i wanted to try it and do it and i can remember my first times on air and just panicking and you're so nervous i'm sure you know doing podcasts too oh, yeah. like <laughs> yeah getting in front of a mic changes things suddenly your mind shifts and you're like oh my god it's here it's recording people are listening ah and back then it was all live you know nowadays it's not quite as much and um i mean some shows still are but a lot of what i do now radio wise is pre-recorded so i can you know, if I screw up, no big deal.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but back then, it was live, and it was just nerve wracking. But I think I was pushing myself and didn't know it. I think I had that inclination and didn't realize it till much later. You know, till we're all talking about it, that that's a thing. Because yeah. back then, you just weren't, and you're just young, and you're like, well, I just don't know what I'm doing. So <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, you, find, you kind of fall into the formula, mm-hmm. right? And that formula is really just focusing on the process and the journey and knowing that that's where the learning comes from right it's never it's never the outcome we always get caught in these especially with um you know i have worked in the music industry for the last 7 years or so uh, maybe a little bit longer um yeah we talked a little
1: bit about that. Yeah. that
0: and so so really seeing the mentality around outcome and expectation of results and then even more so now with the transparency of streams and numbers through spotify and stuff mm-hmm. it's it's almost like in society we have the rat race and you know and striving for only money and treating everything as a means to an end to get that money and i've seen that mentality really take over the music industry and artists are very focused on the numbers, and it's like what well, how do I make a song that's going to get me the most numbers how do How do I get that attention rather than moving that attention to the process and putting all you can in the process and having faith that whatever's going to happen after that is going to be your authentic originality kind of mixed into it, and that it will organically build over time, the more that you focus on the process.
1: Oh man, you're so right. And there's so much packed in what you just said that I just like was thinking, yes, and agreeing with. And first off, I want to come back around to what you were just talking about with artists being focused on the outcome, because that outcome focus is dangerous for us as human beings in all regards. Uh, So it's a really good lesson, but uh, just Just to go back to where you were at the beginning of that statement, I think that we're so much more inclined when we're younger to just roll, right? And just figure it out and not be so outcome based and be more like, yeah, I'm learning. I don't know what I'm doing. And you're young. And like my children are way more, you know, apt to do that. And then we get older. And then you're afraid of failing. You're afraid of looking stupid, all those things. And um, luckily, I mean, I just failed a zillion times around (laughs) the age of 40. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll have a nervous breakdown, but I'll get over it. And it was a great learning experience. And so I think I'm always trying to model that, You know, still go for it, still have that young uh, mental attitude where you just jump in and learn it and don't get so focused on The success of it. And so then, you know, when you're talking about outcome based, yeah, that female band that I was in, I don't talk a lot about them because I don't, you know, ever want it to seem like bad blood or anything. But um, as we were transitioning, we started as a cover band. And as we were transitioning into uh, more of an original band, I wanted us to really speak from our heart. And instead, I was being met with the idea of exactly what you're talking about. What's going to sell? What do people want? You know, and like, I was like, "We're doing good as we are. We are great who we are. Let's come from our heart and write, and that's going to speak to people." And instead, one of the band members came to me, and she, I wrote something that was really authentic, and she came back and said, "You know what? Right now, we need to be in this box." And later we can come out of the box and we can do other things. And I started crying. I was like, I don't think I'm the right writer for this band because that's not, I don't think that's something I can do. And I tried for a while and obviously we fell apart. But then as I grew into myself as a, as an artist and a musician, I... I still had a little touch of that mentality where you're like, oh, this, this will, this will speak to people, you know, and you write thinking outside yourself and that's never what's going to do it. You know, it's those times when we really go within and, and then you're just shocked and surprised because you're like, oh, wow, wait, that spoke to people. People feel that way too, you know? So, um, I really agree with that. And just, being outcome-based is just a dangerous thing in general because it takes away from your authenticity in your heart. And that's where the true work lies as a professional versus the amateur. And I don't know, have you read any of Stephen Pressfield? I'm such a huge fan of his work.
0: No, I haven't. He's actually, because of Aubrey, he's been more into my uh, stream of awareness. And I feel like I'll probably be called to uh, one of his books here in the very near future.
1: Well, I would suggest that people start with The War of Art, which is one of his earlier ones, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. And I've read it over and over and over. And it's such an easy read which i'm a big fan of an easy read <laughs> yeah. i mean some pa- some chapters are just like one paragraph you know and it's just like one page is a chapter just like a title and it talks a lot about the resistance within us and moving from that amateur to professional and he's got um that then turning pro is this is the sequel to that and then uh do the work and then the artist journey is the most recent one and turning pro i've read it a million times too and they're just both about you know. That exactly what you're saying. When you're like led by fear of not getting the numbers, or um, you're led by a certain outcome, you know, you're not operating in the moment, and you're not operating from your heart and from your authentic self, and really doing the work and showing up in a in the most professional way. Which is, you know, sometimes you're going to produce shit, and sometimes you're going to produce something great, and you just keep working. That's what it's about.
0: Yeah, and it's all this this these just expectations that are so embedded into our um, into our conditioning and, and ego and our sense of self, and the creative alignment like it comes from almost life habits and life process and outside of the direct creative process like the creative process can be a very um, insightful and healing process, but when we aren't doing inner work on ourselves as humans, then we're using the creative process to get that attention, to get those numbers, to um, feel the validation. To whereas, mm-hmm. if you're if you're working on yourself outside of the creative process. And it's hard for me to, to articulate this because I think everything's a creative process, even when you're not making art. Um, but when you're, you're instilling and doing deep work and, and understanding your trauma and um, really picking apart your conditioning and belief systems and the things that keep you so focused on receiving that outcome or that validation, when you're putting in that work, then everything else starts to line up in the creative process as well and that's really my goal I feel like uh, for the creative industries is switching that perspective to show that like your creative process comes from your human process like you're you're human first and then the creative alignment is almost like the byproduct of that
1: I completely agree I mean that's uh, that's a big part of what he's saying in those books too, and that's what I've learned. And that's the more work you do, the less you need the validation. The more you're coming from your heart, and the more you're developing solid habits all the time. uh, Not only in your self work, but in your um, work, work, whatever that is, whatever your creative process is. You don't have to be an artist. You could be, you know, a nurse. You could be whatever it is. A parent. It doesn't matter. Um, But you're you're more present. And you're more willing to show up and not worry about the failure or success that's that's inevitably coming, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One way or the other, right? Yeah. So you just keep showing up every single day, every single day.
0: Yeah, so. exactly. And mm-hmm. I I think that it's you know the word failure is really scary for some people, and it's almost like failure is just a, a label. It's just a perception, yeah. and it is really outcomes that don't meet expectations. And so yes. it's almost like failure doesn't even really exist it's just all part of the process. It is. That's
1: why I say that all the time. I'm like, yes. you know what? I had to shift how I saw quote unquote failure you know i had a big learning experience about that with my with one a couple of my first albums you know because i was like oh this is gonna go big this is gonna like have all the numbers and the validation and then it didn't and i fell apart and i had to keep going and i was like uh i learned so much because i redefined my uh definition of success and i said okay is success writing something authentic and truly from my heart yeah yeah And, and 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 once I redefined, you know, success, like I can only fail if I don't do that, or, you know, you can only fail if you don't learn. Well, then, okay. Boy, I'm successful then because I've learned one hell of a lot, right? So whatever (laughs) it is, you're like, yeah, so it's just, um, but that's so many things in life, you know, as long as we just shift our perception and, and go, you know, are we learning? Are we remaining flexible? Are we managing to keep our heart open and do the practices around that? Then, you know, then you're successful it's just a matter of how you look at it rather than saying, Oh, I have this much money in the bank. I have this many streams, you know, whatever it is, or what this many likes, this many views, whatever, which I still don't get me wrong. I am still uh, struggling with that all the time because it's still such a metric and it's so ingrained in us, especially with social media. Now that has these like really like hard, you know, numbers that you can look at and, um, and podcasts and everything. And it's just, it's like, you, you, you just keep showing up and keep doing the work, and just you've got to ignore ignore those numbers as best you can <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, as best you can. and I think, like you said it's a, it's a constant process of kind of examining how you feel towards those things and I heard someone um say the other day it was they were talking about numbers specifically and Instagram followers and different things like that, and they were talking about humility and how it's okay to want those things. And that being humble and having humility is admitting and being honest with yourself that those are things that you desire and that you want. But then it's about the process of kind of removing the attachment to those things and basing the validation and the success on those things. But that really kind of rearranged my perception around it too. Cause I'm, I'm the same way with, you know, Instagram. Um,
1: <coughs> yeah, and, me too. Me yeah. Too.
0: And so it's like, it's like, oh, you know, here I am telling myself, oh, I don't care. You know, it's going to be whatever it is, but it's like, no, it, being humble and having humility around it is admitting that that is something that yeah. you want. Um,
1: And I think you can go further with that and delve into why, the why behind you want that thing. So Mm -hmm. you go, why? Is it because, oh, I look better than her. Oh, look at me. I got more. I got, uh, you know, or for me, I shifted and I'm like, you know what? I want mine to be about real connection. I want it to be about real engagement. I want it to be about um, actually like if somebody is commenting consistently on my, photos and my messages and stuff you're damn right i'm gonna follow them back and i'm gonna support them back that is what i do and so i i have no qualms about that whatsoever and i just like that's the person i want to be that's the person i want to model and so i'm like good okay if social media is about connection then i'm gonna really try and connect with those people that are here for it you know and and um I just talked with uh Sam Hines about this, and we talked about this flow-on effect. And like when you get down on yourself, he was like, remember that you've got this flow on where you know, you that one person that comes and comments that you interact with, like they're sharing it with someone else who's sharing it with someone else, and it's an exponential flow of your voice. And for me, my focus is my voice. It is all about like. Um, using my voice to lift other people up and lift up my message, which is we can all with daily action and attention be our best shiniest selves and transform into a, our better selves without judgment of our past and um, and you know if that message is resonating out into the world, then that is a beautiful thing. So as I see those numbers rise i 'm like that is what I want that like that means that it's resonating that means that my authenticity that I am um, you know, putting out there for better or worse and opening my heart up about is, is, is speaking to people.
0: Yeah, completely. And it's almost like knowing that you can be grateful for that um, outlet before you even get to those next phases and you see that growth. And like something that I've been doing for myself is Reminding myself that I'm just grateful to have a platform to speak my voice on. It's like yeah, oh, right. At foundational level, there is a an outlet here for me to say and spread messages that I'm receiving that are on my mind. And it's like the I uh this artist that I follow, Beretta. Um, he's part of this group named Glitch Mob. He's actually been on an episode of Aubrey's podcast, but. He said something yesterday that is uh, gratitude is the skeleton key, and I love that because it's like if you're, if you're not grateful for what you have already, the universe isn't really going to respond in the way that you desire because it's trying to show you that lesson that like you do have things to be grateful for already, and if you're overlooking that, then when you get to that next thing, the gratitude's going to be it's going to flutter away. Um, yeah. and and it's a fleeting moment and so really taking it down to that foundational level and knowing that you can always find something that you you can be grateful for i think is is the formula
1: <laughs> i agree and i mean like just just sheerly just the technology the internet that we have everything especially right now during a pandemic you know when so many people would be just either starving for connection or just a way to share their message or anything. So uh, it keeps us connected and that's it's so valuable. I do that too. I'm uh, a gratitude practice. I've really gotten diligent in my gratitude practice, I'd say in the last year or so. And just um, every single day doing it or playing a game with my kids where we talk about it and just like the most minuscule things like this chair or, huh? I do it with Gigi sometimes. My daughter just said, we never do that as my 15 year old, <laughs> my little one and I do sometimes. So, um, yeah. So we'll just point out like little things that we're thankful for. And, um, she distracted me. Sorry, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, hollering no. from the other room.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> but he anyway, I, <laughs> I know, but, but I do it for myself too, every day in a yeah. notebook. And I just, um, like the other day I challenged people to write down a hundred things they were feel blessed by. or And I mean, so I was like, well, I better do this too. Cause I like to walk the walk. Right. And yeah. so, I mean, I just wrote down some things were just so small and um, that we take advantage of or for, take for granted a bit, you know?
0: Yeah. Do you have a certain time in the day when you practice gratitude um i've for me it's the the morning and at night um and I actually have read that in the moments after we first wake up is when our mind is most programmable and mm-hmm. our subconscious and so me too. i i don't i used to when I first started journaling, I, it was only a gratitude journal. And so I would only write the things that I was grateful for until those kind of came embedded, became embedded. And now I find myself, the second I wake up, my mind switches. It's like, okay, what are we grateful for right now? And so it's almost like programming that habit into your subconscious mind.
1: It is programming. It's training yeah. yourself. That's why it's called a practice, right? right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So time of day for me, um, I mean, I've transitioned to any time yeah, pretty much. I, I'm, I'll constantly think about it, especially if I'm catching myself getting down about something or beating myself up about something. And then um, um, I do it in the morning though, like in a journal and I'll, I'll write it down, you know, something. Sometimes I even do future stuff. I'll do like stuff I don't have yet or something yeah. like that. Yeah.
0: And that's, so that's I mix Station, right. That's what Joe Dispenza talks about is, uh, you know, putting that higher frequency emotion into that future timeline as if it's already happened. And that's, and that's
1: well, that's the trick. You have yeah. to put it as if it's already happened and, and it already exists because otherwise it can trigger a lack mindset. Exactly. So I'm real conscious of like, you know, the secret and, um, vision boards and stuff like that, sometimes you can look at it and think about all the things you don't have. And that's I've found that to be a little bit tricky with the manifestation process. Like it's about really, really believing and being grateful for you already mm-hmm. have it all. And so to just relax into that and trust and know and be thankful. So yeah, yeah I don't know. I have, I've had some mixed feelings on that manifestation thing as I've, as I've worked on it over the years.
0: Oh for sure I'm the same way and I think I think people j- just as everybody goes through life in different paths and have different processes I think that the manifestation process is also different for everybody cuz I agree with you I'm not always you know I've tried kind of the visualization exercises and sitting there and it almost Going back to what we were talking about, about focusing on the outcome, it creates mm-hmm. that sense of needing to control exactly that rather than seeing the potentials of how things could play out and then bringing that gratitude to the present moment because the present moment is w- how you create the future. It's how you get there, um, it's the bridge to where you want to go. And so, if you're so caught up in controlling that outcome, that future timeline, then you're yeah it's almost like you're doing yourself a disservice along the way because the universe is going to it's going to unfold how it's supposed to unfold and a lot of times it will Unfold into bigger and better and greater things than we could even imagine in the present.
1: 100%. You read my mind. Yeah, I was going to tack that on and say, that's right. Who are we to say we know? Like, who are we to say, oh, this is it? You know what? Something bigger and better and more amazing could be right in the plan for us if we just stay open hearted. I've read a lot of Michael Singer and the surrender experiment, excuse me, the surrender experiment and uh, Untethered Soul, which is just so great. And do you, are you familiar with him?
0: I have uh, the Untethered Soul on my bookshelf. It hasn't called me to it yet, but I'm oh. sure it will sometime soon. Well,
1: maybe this is your call to it. Maybe it
0: is. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: it's it's just it's all about this, and I'm I need to read it again. I read it about a year ago, and it just it just changed. It, I've had a lot of big changing things, and that was a really great one. It's a great place to start for people too. surrender. Experiment's a little more, more of a slog to get through, okay. but Untethered Soul is the way to go. And um and yeah, it's it's all about that. It's all about just like trusting that something better might just come along and we don't know. How do we know? Yeah. So, yeah, so I stay really I stay really on the fence like you were talking about. Like I don't want to get too um, st- stuck in a certain outcome, you know, because who am I to say? How yeah. do I know? I yeah. don't know. I never would have predicted I'm sitting right here right now talking right? to you or right? doing <laughs> any of
0: this. Right and that's where that that faith comes in um and you know i think that that word has very much been utilized by religion and so when faith it, it's tacked on with a lot of i think religious perception to Big it so when people mm-hmm. hear it they're like oh faith you know faith faith in god and then that god word has the religious perception attached to it well so it kind of it pushes people away from it, but faith in the universe and faith that you can really create the the future that you desire based on how you are taking action in the present moment. I think yeah. it's kind of the rearrangement of that word. And so do you feel like your religious upbringing was a kind of a doorway into faith in the, the larger consciousness and universe around everything? Or did it kind of push you away from it a little bit?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know because we're so young. We can get yeah. so programmed, you know? And so, like, you get these things in your head that are hard to break and hard to come out of. Like, I mean, I can't remember – when i quit believing in hell exactly but that was a big one you know i was like huh i don't really believe in that and um and then once i accepted that then i was able to open up more to to more things but just talking about faith in general yeah um i think uh, i think it helped but i studied a lot in college i studied um religious studies was one of my majors in philosophy. So, you know, so I, once I realized how many authors there were to the Bible and the history of the Bible and things like that, I really started to go, wait a minute, you know, this doesn't quite make sense. And um, I mean, it makes sense as like a a text that, you know, but there was a lot of political contribution to it too over the years. And so um, I think I've strayed from your question, but I, I I think I, I don't know if I can choose one way or the other um, I think maybe still to this day, there's a little bit of a hindrance with the word faith, if I'm really l- being totally honest about it, that it's still got so much religion and so much mm-hmm. packed into it, you know, and um, that I can f- sense sometimes an aversion to it automatically, but. I've worked hard on the word just recently. It's funny that you brought it up because I've really worked on the difference between believing and faith and just the knowing that's behind faith. And I read Untamed by uh, Glennon Doyle and such a beautiful book. She talks a lot about that inner knowing. And I think that's just a faith. That's just knowing is is faith-based or faith is knowing-based and it's deeper than believing. And it's, it's something that you can rely on and sit in. And it's it's been a real process for me because I don't like hope, particularly hope feels, ugh, I don't know, something about hope kind of makes me just feel like um, it's so out of your control. But when you know, you know, <laughs> you can just relax. And it's not about hoping and believing. It's It's about this solid faith that, Like we were talking about, the universe has got your back and you're gonna, it's gonna work out and unfold exactly the best way for you if you can just let go of control, let go of the outcome that you think you want, that you think you know best about. (laughs) I'm saying this right now because I've got like things popping up in my head. Oh my God, you know, just these, just these like money issues or relationship issues or whatever pops up in my head right now. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Let me take notes of what I'm saying. (laughs) Let me really believe that. So, I mean, it's, um, That's why it's a practice, right? That's why it's like a a thing that we got to keep at all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you? So I agree with you on hope for sure. I think hope is used as kind of like, oh, it, it puts it outside of yourself. Of like There's oh, a
1: desperation around it or something yeah. that
0: is just like oh I yeah. hope so and after, yeah it's like, uh, yeah okay. and it's like oh well <laughs> I hope my expectations are met in the future because they're right. not met right now and, right
1: oh my god and it's
0: it. like well you're in control of your expectations because your expectations are a perception they're your perception that things should be other than what they are right now and you're not accepting what is and that everything every now moment, every future now moment is always going to be what is and not what should be based on the small self's expectations. And so I think that's why I have a disharmony or don't resonate with hope as much because it's really used as kind of just like, oh, well, I hope things work out. Um, I have heard someone. They're gonna say,
1: work out. It's yeah, like they're, they're gonna. They're and, gonna work out one way or the other. That, <laughs> and
0: hope almost removes the sense of faith because faith to me is knowing that things always go exactly as they're supposed to go. It's it's full trust in the universe and knowing that capital K, knowing that. The universe does not make mistakes. There's, there's no other way than how things are in the moment. They, they, sh- they, they are never. They should. They. I, I'm trying to articulate it, but things just always are. And it's this idea of should and things should be a different way. And it's like, that's not how the universe works and how the, the design works. They just are. And everything is always perfect and exactly as it's supposed to be. And so hope kind of just takes, it, it really comes from the small self, um, I think, rather than that higher self, that yes. high knowing. Um, and yeah, like what... um. Yeah. What do you feel like drew you to um, philosophy?
1: Uh, I don't know. I took one class in it when I was like... I think it was in summer school after my freshman year, and I was going to do like radio, radio, television, film, RTF, whatever it was, and uh, or communications, something like that. And then I took one philosophy class during the summer, and it was just the right teacher. You know, just the right teacher can just click for you. And I was like, oh, I'm changing my major. And I remember my friend that I took it with was like, what? And I was like, yeah, yeah, this is it. I don't know what this is, but this is it. It was just this. Just this whole world of, of just thinking through all the things that we're talking about right now. And I was like, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to just, I want to just shoot the shit about that and talk about that. That's probably why I want to do these podcasts and like all these things that I've been doing, like that's where I've been led to. And that's essentially what it's about. You know, like I could just sit around and talk to people and then explore these topics all day long. <laughs> so yeah, it was just, that was just in my heart. I mean, just the whole nature of, um, ourselves and the universe and how it all works and all the rest of it. I mean, I'd love to be a physicist and think about <laughs> physics and the cosmos, but I'm just not smart enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's too hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and it's funny that all of that stuff kind of starts to like intertwine too. Um, <laughs> it not does. Like, not like the uh, exact details of physics. Cause that's, that's not, my path either that's, that's somebody else's path but you kind of start to see that the science to the universe is perfect science and right it, and
1: when you get into quantum physics and things yeah. like that and um, that's super fascinating to me.
0: Yeah so what what is your take on quantum physics in terms of being able to apply kind of the philosophies around it, maybe not necessarily physics, but just like, I've really been, uh, traversing like quantum potentials recently and timelines and like quantum potentiality. So like, how would you, how do you apply those types of things to your life? And, uh, like, yeah, just, just around that.
1: I know because I'm a realist and a pragmatist too. And so, you know, I, you you have these conflicting things where you're like okay if every single outcome exists then you know anything is possible anything at all and so you just have to um, believe that and tune into that right I've read this book called I've read this book like five times called um happy pocket full of money have you heard of it
0: no I <laughs> okay have to write that down
1: <laughs> it's a total trip and um total trip but it's all about this and it's like basically like you know if um if all everything is a giant football field then you know you've just got different points in time and like you you can just pop up literally anywhere on the field it doesn't matter you don't have to go through a certain amount of time to get there you can literally just like if you want to say i want to have 10 million dollars in my bank account like they they're saying okay yeah you could you could do it the long way or you could do it just like the short way and I've been trying to I've read this book many times and I'm um personally constantly doing the work around it and I feel like I'm just a an experiment in it. So I'm just living in the moment, living in this reality whatever it is, but I do believe that we are constantly creating, like you said, we're creators all the time in everything that we do. So I'm constantly creating the next moment and we have to stay really conscious of all the things that we're aligning and all the things that we're bringing and all the things that we're thinking and believing because all those factors are lining up. And are there different timelines? Probably. I mean, I like to think there probably are. I feel like a year ago, I was about to do ayahuasca for the first time and I had like a real Glitch. I don't know what it was. One day, I was talking about it with my friend that I was going to do it with, and um, we were going to a ceremony, and she and I were having a conversation, and I just, I don't know. Everything just went, you know. Um, it was like it was like a film, like if you saw it, just kind of flash in and out, you know. And I was like, huh. I think because they say these plant medicines start working, especially ayahuasca, before you even do them, right? And so how that works who knows, right? That's <laughs> a thing in the quantum field. And so once you make the decision to do it, things start, things start aligning and things start working. So I had this glitch and I was like, I don't know what just happened, but I feel like I just entered a new timeline. So what's, what's changed? What's not? I mean, we're, we're only living the one we're living. So it's hard to say, but I don't have firm answers on this, Ryan. I wish I did. I All I know is that I'm constantly experimenting with it and seeing what
0: happens. Yeah. And that's why we have these conversations, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. You yeah. get
0: closer to the possibility of the truth of what it is. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, think,
1: I feel like you're so much better at phrasing it than I am. Yeah, <laughs> Thank I, you. I, I mean, yes.
0: Ha- have you heard of the movie called Mr. Nobody with Jared Leto?
1: I have. And I think someone told me to watch that and I haven't seen it.
0: So it's one of my favorite movies. And it's about how our choices and our decisions and our thoughts create Timelines and they create alternate timelines. And so when we're making a choice, we're seeing the quantum potentials of that choice. And based on the choice that we're making, then we are jumping into different timelines. And it's almost like it's not like we're on one timeline and then, oh, all of a sudden we make one choice and now we're on this timeline. It's like we're going through all of them consistently based on the choices that we are making. And so that's why it's so important to examine if fear is making our choices or if love is making our choices because when we're making the choices in love we're energizing the timelines that are based in that and by you know i think all of us have the ability to see quantum potentials we that's what our imagination is we can we can see the different outcomes and possibilities and that's why when fear is so strong within us we only see those fear outcomes and those fear possibilities and so we're really energizing those timelines but when we can move past the fear and do that inner work and raise that frequency above the vibration of fear then we can really control our focus onto what timeline that we want to energize and the it's i think it's a term called the zero point center in like quantum potentials, but it's essentially the void where all potentials exist. And I've been thinking about how doubt plays into this and that when you have doubt around the possibility of what you can do in your life, it cuts off our observation of that quantum potential. And then it said, observation is what creates the quantum potential like the observation effect, I think is what it's called. And so if we doubt that something is possible, then we aren't letting ourselves observe that potential. Therefore, we aren't even able to energize that potential timeline that we want because we doubt that we're even capable of it. And so it puts this shield up of creating that potential in the quantum field, or at least observing it so it can then create. And that zero point center is in every single human being. And that is essentially like the void where all of creative consciousness exists and where everything has expanded from. And yeah.
1: (laughs) Yes, but do you think that do you think that when you do have doubt, that is what you're supposed to be learning right then and things are still all unfolding exactly as they're supposed to?
0: Always. <laughs> I, think I think they're always unfolding as right. exactly right. as they're supposed so to. So that be. kind of
1: like, you're yeah. like, oh, well, well then I guess I just will go ahead and have the faith because um, even if I'm doubting, I'm doing whatever is sup- I'm supposed to be learning. Like I'm exactly. just, yes, you know? So yeah. like, I mean, I know I'm constantly like, there's this there's this thing in there where you're like, well, I, I guess I'm still supposed to learn that. I yeah. guess that's the way it's supposed to be, right?
0: Yeah, yeah always. <laughs> I, I always think that. And I think that's why it's also just so important to understand the power of our consciousness and that, and always examining just really that observation of yourself and like, well, why do I doubt that it's a possibility for me to make $10 million? Like, why do I think that way? Is it because I have programming and conditioning and, and things left over from my past that tell me I'm not a powerful human being that tell me I'm not capable of things. And so I think it's just, it's that constant process of, of, observing yourself really. And there's never one way that it should be. It's always where you're supposed to be. And I think it's, you're just always learning through it. And um, it's funny that you bring that up actually, because I've been thinking of the term spiritual bypass that I've heard that goes around and I'm not a fan of it at all um because What does
1: it mean exactly I I read something about it spiritual bypassing and I, and I can't remember what it is
0: it basically it, it's kind of like a blurry thing that people used as a it's kind of like a a judgment in my opinion and that's it's like it's like oh you're not focusing on something that you should be focusing on. Or Uh-oh, I'm always... Anytime, should, anytime
1: the word should come and in And it there. should.
0: It's uh. it's very much a should. And it's like, oh, well, you should be thinking this way. And because you are not, then you're all in your spiritual world and you're bypassing a reality that exists. But as you were just saying, everything goes as it's supposed to. So if you're not focusing on that reality, then that's something that you're learning through at the moment. And that's right. And... It's just it's a matter of I think that when someone says someone else's spiritual bypassing, their spiritual bypassing
1: that, I completely <laughs> agree with that. Because
0: they're I completely agree. Yeah. I'm
1: like, oh, wait a minute. I think yeah. maybe there's a lesson in there there. You know, like yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. I think you're dead on.
0: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's funny. It's uh it's one of those kind of paradoxical um things. <laughs> it's very much thrown around in the spiritual community, um, especially right now. And it's it's part of kind of like the woke movement. And I put that in in quotes because I'm also not a huge fan of the word woke. I think that woke is very mind focused and kind of finger pointy focus. And it's it a, a label, yeah. a spirit uh, an ego type thing to whereas awake occurs in the heart. and it's it's alignment with, with that internal energy and energy. Yeah, I prefer just
1: awareness too, yeah, you know, yeah, like exactly. Ram Dass talks a lot about that and just sitting yeah. in that awareness of of all the external things that we have, you know, all yeah. the doubts and stuff. So if we can just sit in that awareness and and, you know, I've been, you had a few in your notes that you sent me before this interview, you had some questions about shadow. And that's one of the things I've been doing a lot of work on right now is like sitting in that awareness and just looking at all those things and loving them. And being like, oh, there there I am, doubting again. I love to do that. (laughs) And then then finding a way to love that I love to do that and be okay with it and accept it as part of my whole and just like, yeah. And you know, there's just things around that, and that's okay. And just once you can get okay with that, then perhaps it dissipates. It perhaps it loses its power over you. Perhaps you sit more in that awareness. And perhaps you're just happier in general. Which is really probably the goal
0: here right? yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and it's like the, the awareness is the light it's the light that shines on the darkness that shines on the unconscious and brings it to the conscious mind and there's this quote from Carl Jung that says until you make the unconscious conscious it will control your life and you will call it
1: fate I think you just and- showed that on your Instagram today did, did I you share that on your Instagram? I device? saw it
0: on an Instagram account, so maybe, maybe it was somebody else's. I don't think I did. Oh, I maybe did it was. Maybe it was somebody else. It, I did just see it on Instagram today though. Um, and it's true. And so what do you what is your understanding of the shadow? How would you explain it to someone who has no idea what it is?
1: Oh, that's that's a great thing to ask because, you know, there's like official, I feel there's like official ways to say it. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, I've considered it just part of my whole and nothing to um, feel shame and guilt about, even though so much times we do. And I've just become way more accepting of the darker parts of myself, those parts that are inclined towards shame and guilt anger, depression, resentment, the list goes on, right? And they're all human emotions that are going to come up. And the more that we can learn to love our whole and accept that we have these things within our humanity. And yes, we're divinely connected and all that, but guess what? We're still humans. Mm-hmm. And so all these things are going to come up and we can um, we can still love all these aspects of ourselves and we can accept ourselves. And that's been a real work process for me. And um, because I think I, I am a big affirmer. I like affirmations and that's been a huge part of my life and my work in the last few years. And cause I need the reminders. I've got some sitting right here. I'm like, I'm, I trust that I'm guided to the next right <laughs> action. I choose to believe in myself. Like they're everywhere. You are powerful over here, but, um, you know, but that doesn't mean that I'm like going to be just sunshine and roses and glossing over the darker parts. Uh, the work that I've been called to do now on myself is about that. Like, like, let's take the money thing that you were just talking about, for instance. It's about saying, okay, I do have these old beliefs and these limiting things. like this, These things of like, you're just a girl and you should get married and be taken care of. You know what? There's a part of me that believed that, that was what I saw modeled by my parents. And then I got conflicting things from my parents uh, about my own independence versus being taken care of by a man. You know, they were children of the fifties. That's what they thought. And, so I don't blame them or anything, but I know that I've got limiting beliefs around uh, my own capabilities. And so I'm just trying to pull those out now and look at them and not experience shame for mismanaging my money in the past or mistakes I might've made, not mistakes, I don't believe in mistakes, <laughs> um, for things that I have done that were learning experiences and just saying, oh, you know what, You're that, that was part of this for you. And and sit in that awareness again, and just see the whole, and love the whole, and that is what shadow is to me. Like it's about bringing these things out, and I think that plant medicines for me have been a good part of that journey to uh, rewire. I think more than anything, they help reprogram and we re- rewire my brain to um, not get stuck in these patterns of, you know, thinking the same thoughts and ruminating over and over on these more shameful and negative things. Rather, you, you allow them and you love them.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Long-winded
1: explanation, but that's, that's my version of shadow.
0: No, I love that. Um, And I think, I think that it's important that people understand the different perspectives around these things because it's, Like we get so caught up again in these just like controlled definitions of words and think that they have to mean one thing to, whereas when you hear someone else give their meaning and their explanation behind their perspective of it, it resonates with different people. And it kind of, it unlocks that like, oh, like, I understand that. Like that makes sense. Um, And yeah, so I think that the shadow is, it's really that deep, um, I don't want to use the word hard but it is it is really the facing of the self along yeah. that along that journey and along the the path of understanding your spiritual identity it is understanding that we all have a shadow. the universe has a shadow, the, and I
1: think of the moon a lot, you know, like I'll picture that inside me in my heart, picture the moon and how beautiful it is, and like maybe the light's not shining down there. that's okay, yeah, you know
0: like yeah, and I it will i I love what um in Sedona, what Parangi's wife said, um her name's Ashley, right? I think yeah, I think so when we were doing the ecstatic dance and we were looking at the the side of bear mountain at the at the cliffs and she said look at the shadow and look at the depth that it gives the rocks and it gives the cliffs and it gives the mountain and it really is it gives that depth because if we view ourselves as just this like uh pure radiant white light like without anything wrong with us that's that's this Again, small self, I think, striving for this sense of perce- uh, perfection that we've been conditioned to think is possible. But perfection includes imperfection because if there wasn't imperfection, then perfection wouldn't exist. And so, sure, duality. We, yeah, we have to be able to look at the shadow side of ourselves and the universe um, from that awareness from yeah, that, part that of the, of the whole awareness. Yeah. It's and part I, think, of the whole. I think that's a big, um, phase that we're going through as a collective right now, the collective too. shadow. And we've seen a lot of things come up this year around, um, the, uh, racism that was kind of like really held down in in the in the shadows behind the curtains and now it's it's really coming up because it it needs to be seen from awareness and all of the people who have experienced the shadow side of racism they it they need to be heard they need to be seen they need to be felt as as human beings and so that i think is a huge part of what we've been going through in tw- in 2020 and I think that over these next couple of years, it's going to get even more. um, We're at the phase of really needing to shine our light of awareness on the collective shadow. And as that happens, we're doing that individually too, right? Because external and internal are reflections of each other. And so really seeing um, what Aubrey says all the time is, uh, I am that too. Um, And understanding that it doesn't make you a bad person to understand that the shadow aspects of society and of the universe are encoded in all of us. We are the universe. The universe is us. And so really accepting that that is a part of us. And it doesn't mean that we let it control our choices, that we let it control our behavior or our life um, because we always have sovereignty, but it, they need to be accepted or they will stay in the unconscious and control our life. And That's right. It's
1: a matter of getting conscious about it. Yeah, exactly. Whether it's on the micro level of yourself or a macro level of um, our society.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you have specific practices or tools um, that you use to kind of um, get a deeper observation or kind of like welcome out the shadow? Um, I found myself really like inviting it out like saying like, oh, you're you're welcome to come out and I, I I only have full acceptance and compassion and love for you and please come out and, and dance with me, basically.
1: Yeah, no, I've been doing the exact same thing. Yeah. I've been, and I don't know if I have like, I'm trying to think if I have specific, I have practices for dealing with it once I'm starting to see it, but I'm trying to think like how I really pull it out and get to see it. Um I think like a lot of meditation and reflection and, you know, like you, I'm doing podcasts every week really. And so I'm constantly writing about stuff and, you know, just thinking about something's bothering me. Just pay attention to it. What is that? Don't bury it. Don't put it back in the shadow. Like, okay. Fine. I'll pay attention to it. I'll pay attention to I'm checking my Instagram too much, and I want those likes, or you know. And then you go, okay. Well, what's beneath this? Is it validation? And then what's beneath that? Is it um, am I not feeding my own soul? And like, what am I needing there? Oh, uh, I'm. It's my own self worth. Okay. Then what is going on with my self worth? What's what's just keep going with the layers beneath that, and keep looking at what it is, and figure out like. Why you're needing something, you know, or why you're feeling bad and wanting to bury it, maybe with um, eating, alcohol, drugs, whatever it is, you know, Uh, social media validation, whatever it is, that's like uh, anesthetizing, you know, this um, this darkness or whatever that wants to come up. Just um, I've become way more inclined to let it out. I don't drink as much, and I um, I just pay attention, really close attention. Mm -hmm. Every single day, even, and I read a lot, you know, like with these books we've talked about, and I listen to stuff, but not. I don't overdo it. I tend to um, really um, do the work, self-work, getting quiet. And I think, you know, like Tim Corcoran said to us, too, during the Soul Wander in Sedona, he said, you know, ask passionately and listen quietly. So, if you really want to get in touch with it ask passionately and then just shut up and sit in nature for a little while and see what comes up because I had some real darknesses come up that I didn't see coming in when we were in Sedona and we were out on that when we did the breath work really, and it led into the soul wander, And uh, it just surprised me because I had a lot come up around um, me wanting to do things the right way, you know, quote unquote, the right way. And, and getting really hung up on, uh, Scare, fear that I was going to do it wrong, whatever it is, rather than trusting my own heart and my own path. And that's that's just some deep insecurity that I've had to work through. And, you know, that's okay. So what? So what? So what? So what has been a big, so what? So what if you've got it? So what? Just like let it out and deal with it. Right. And I mean, yeah, like racism is a huge topic in America. I'm not going to so what that, but I am going to say, like, okay, okay then. Let's deal with it. Like, let's get it out there and talk about it. And the people that want to say that it's not an issue, it's like, come on, like, come on, really get quiet and listen for a minute. Maybe, maybe just listen, you know, and, um, and then you really can start to change once you're listening. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's listening.
0: Listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. I think that's really huge. What do you feel like joining the fit for service community did for, um, for your shadow and for feeling a sm- sense of more comfortability of seeing the shadow and moving away from that idea of of wrong or bad um like what do you feel like the being a part of a community has done for that
1: i think this community has been really effective because of the energy that we're all putting out there that when you're in a community where everybody's doing the work and everybody's showing up in this way, it's just elevating that to a new level because collective energy is a real thing. You read Joe Dispenza and um, that makes a difference. And I can just feel that. And I knew that I was in a space where when we were all together too, but even when we're virtual, uh, I can sense that we're all showing up for each other in a way and just that elevates all the energy that we're experiencing experiencing to um just to a level where within yourself you can do the work even better you're heard you're listened to you're listening to other people you're relating and you know you're accepting like you and i are having this conversation there's not judgment there there's not um things that are going to kind of bring you down and make you feel like you are doing it wrong and you know like no, we're constantly putting out these messages that, like Aubrey said, you can't fuck it up. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I am that too. Like whatever he says, I mean, I already know those things, and it's just really incredible reminders. So, yeah, this um, community has really surprised me, and it just came into my life like literally on a whim. I just, it just happened onto my feed, and I just happened to apply, and I just trusted, and there it came. And uh, so, I'm. I'm excited that it's showing me a lot of different ways to go ahead and get it all out. And I just find it moving faster for me. I think yeah. being in a community like this really accelerates the work that you do.
0: Yeah, completely. I feel the same way ever since. I mean, one, it's same same kind of thing. I've been following Aubrey and Kyle and Eric uh, Godsey for a while Um, but the fit for service thing kind of just like plopped in my lap and I was like, all right, let's apply. Let's see what happens. And then it just kind of all fell into place. And then going to Sedona, having those amazing experiences and coming back, it feels now like everything's just like, it's clicking. It's so aligned and things are unfolding so fast. And so, yeah, just, just more and more every day and really, stepping more into that trust and more into that surrender and allowing things. That's been a big word for me is allow, allow, allow. allow. Yeah. And just like not trying to control the unfolding of the process. And, and And that's
1: effective for your shadow too. just allow, like allow that stuff to come out, allow yourself to see it, allow yourself to sit with it when you're getting quiet in those moments and it comes up, just sit there with it. I had a friend say, he's not, he's not quiet. He's not in fit for service, but I was telling him a little bit about this. He was like, that's something a psychopath does sit with it, sit with these negative things. And I was like, Oh no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that's something that is really needs to be done. Like if you're going, you just got to sit with it for a minute and then, and then it loses that control over you. You are allowing.
0: Yeah. And the truth is simple, right? Like it's like hard for our are conditioning to comprehend, like, well, that's all you have to do is just sit with it and observe it. <laughs> like, no, uh, too good to be true. Nope. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, well, there obviously are other tools, but you know, I say this on my Instagram all the time is like, feel the feelings, <laughs> like, like, like sitting with it, like our ability to sit and observe and be present with things is the alchemy. It's the, it's the turning the lead, the dense energy the, the lower vibrations allowing it to move through our body and our channel up into in, uh, out and and into higher vibrations and higher frequencies. And so just like you said, the awareness of of asking questions with compassion and then listening. did I say that wrong listening with?
1: I don't know. But it I, I was like, like what, it you was were what saying, Tim <laughs> It was what
0: it was what Tim said. Ask ask questions with Oh
1: ask passionately and listen quietly.
0: Okay, okay. Ask passionately and listen quietly. So yeah, yeah. it's true. And it's like we're so pulled to distraction and stimulus and stimulating our brains all the time that the concept of just sitting there and just being with it is so foreign, but it's so simple and it trains our body and ourselves that then when the next time you're ordering food and the, they, the restaurant gets it wrong and you feel that anger come up, you don't have to react in the anger. You can sit with it. And yeah. you don't, it, And it's like, there's, it's, it feels like there's, there's data in the emotions. And when you sit with the emotions, sit in the emotions, you know, the, the energy in motion then you're allowing that data to soak in. And each time you're getting more and more of that data and the emotions are where the growth is. It's, I
1: like that data yeah. and the emotions. That's cool. Yeah. 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 You're right. I never thought of it in those terms.
0: Yeah. And so it's like, it's, it unlocks something each time. Each time you're able to be with it, To breathe into it, to surrender into that moment and just be present with it. Um, And like you said, not fall into the judgment, not fall into the stories that it brings of, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way or let me turn on the TV or even let me grab a book and start reading. It's like, hold on, let's just, let's just be. For a second. you just
1: beat yourself up and you go, I'm a really terrible person for feeling this way. Yep. Well, you're, not. Yeah. you're not
0: you're human. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> That's right.
1: I fall into the beating myself up and ruminations and I've done a lot of work around that this year. So
0: Yeah, the inner critic. It's yeah. uh it's uh yeah. Very prevalent. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And I feel like just the bigger picture of that, you know, when you're talking about getting quiet and uh, we're talking about Sedona, we're talking about the community and all that. um, I feel like the bigger picture, at least for me, has been uh, just learning trust, you know, and it's that trust of faith or it's that trust that you can get quiet and... It's all okay, just a general trust. And um, that's been a humongous lesson for me that's still ongoing. And I'm getting there, but um, that's, that's it. You know, if you can just lean into that, it's a beautiful thing. As yeah. hard, and it sounds simple, but <laughs> and
0: it's yeah. challenging sometimes. The simple things are the most challenging sometimes. Yeah, um, totally. It's like it's like a trust fall into the universe, right? Yes. It, oh, universe, very nice. Yeah, it's holding its <laughs> arms out and it's, it's it wants you to trust it. And uh, when you show it that trust, then I think that's really when you you start trusting in yourself because you are the universe in human form. And so you're falling into more trust in yourself over and over. And then when it's combined with the the faith, it's like trust plus faith equals surrender. And then you're kind of, you're, you're moving into that surrender, that, that flow state of the current of the universe, that river just like taking you downstream and you're not, holding on to the rock
1: <laughs> right resisting right yeah oh Ryan did you just make that up trust fall into the universe and you are the universe oh my god
0: um, <laughs> gold. No, I didn't make gold. It. you did it no, I, I trust fall into the universe came up in conversation for me a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, Oh, I like that. I dig that. I don't, I don't take credit for anything that, that comes out of my mouth. It's just the c- consciousness of the universe. Oh, free. it's yeah. so good.
1: It's gold. I love it. It's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I'm giving you credit right now. So.
0: Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, this has been so much fun. I'm so glad that we were able to do this and thank you so much for, for joining me on this.
1: I can't thank you enough. This is such a cool conversation. And I just absolutely loved every second. And I mean, my gosh, I recommended books, but you've already, like, you, you could practically go ahead and write them. I mean, like, you, <laughs> you got you. it. You've got so much wisdom and so much to share. And I'm really, I'm really thrilled that you're sharing your voice with the world and sharing your message with the world because um, you're very tuned in. And I just, I'm thrilled to get to hear from you and all that you had to say. I learned so much. And so thank you.
0: Oh, thank you. I I received that, and I I appreciate it so much. And yeah. I feel the same way about you. It's it's thank amazing you. to see you just continue to go for it. It's just nonstop. Just just I'm gonna do <laughs> I'm gonna do what fills me up. And um, I I actually didn't bring this up, but you've written a book too, right? Uh huh.
1: Yes, I have. Uh-huh. What is the, the book called? It's called "The Trouble with Becoming a Witch," and it's really a story just about trusting yourself it's not really about becoming a witch but it's about yeah. a woman who explores a different side of herself and that throws everybody's shoulds and expectations into disarray in her life and she just is faced with do i do uh, do i stay the woman they want me to be or do i grow into who i'm supposed to be
0: that's beautiful well i will make sure to link to that in the Thank show description and Thank notes. You. and i will what, what were you gonna say I was
1: gonna say and please link to my new show which is called rock which is, no my old one is called Rocking Life with Amy I have a new show coming out in January with Hot pie Media. It's called the Amy Edwards show and I'm so excited it's just it's like fulfilling my purpose and I'm oh, okay. um, stoked about that so it'll be a weekly podcast you can get wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Okay, cool. Well, I will make sure to, uh, this will probably come out more, probably beginning of January-ish. I have some things lined up, but I'll, I'll time it out with that so I can include the link to that. I'll include your, uh, social media links and, um, yeah. What What is your social media handle for anyone who just it's wants for to it's it?
1: real Amy Edwards. Okay. The, the life rocking babe and <laughs> and then I do a lot of uh, meditations as well too and I have an OnlyFans just for meditations and affirmations and just kind of daily content to uplift our lives and that's at the life rocking babe.
0: Okay. Awesome. Well, all yeah. that will be linked to in the show description. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Of course. I can't wait to do this again.
1: Me too. Me too. You'll have to come on my show soon. Yes,
0: I would be. I would be honored whenever. Thank you. Whenever that works out, just let me know, and I'm there.
1: For sure. For sure. So thank you so much, Ryan. I'm just so grateful. Thank you for asking me, and and uh, for allowing me to share this space with you.
0: Yes, it's been my pleasure. Thank yeah. you.
1: Thank you.